Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan. WFAN. That concludes week 14 in the NFL. It is crazy to me. And we say it every year how fast it goes. But this has been a year of really kind of two stories. And I look, I know the Jets and Giants are still both in the playoff picture. But the reality is, and look, I mean, the reality is this Giants fans got a giant dose of reality on Sunday. Ouch! I can't wait to talk to Brett on Long Island coming up in the, in the 4 o'clock hour. Ouch! Giant fans! Where are you? Super Bowl. Maybe you want to hold off on those Super Bowl plans. Anyway, the Giants and Jets both have had a, I don't want to say tremendous season. They've both had a very good season, bringing themselves to relevancy. Week in, week out, giving us enjoyable games to watch. Now, the results may not always be enjoyable, but at least you know going in, you have some big games with these teams. We talked about that weeks ago, and that's because of the hot start that they each got out to. But the reality is, and for two different reasons, the reality is that in all likelihood, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news on this now Tuesday morning, the reality is that neither team is likely to make the postseason. And if anything... The Giants, who got that giant dose of reality on Sunday, they're more likely to make it only because the NFC sucks. I mean, you look at the depth in the NFC, it's not there. Maybe Detroit will give the Giants a run for their money here. And if Detroit runs the table, then the Giants will be in trouble. See, I don't think the Giants get to 10 wins. Detroit can still do that if they run the table. And that would be a surefire way to eliminate the Giants. Seattle stinks. They lost again. Even though they have a tiebreaker, it's not going to matter because the Giants have that tie. And essentially, this Sunday night is going to be a playoff game. Giants in Washington against the Commanders. That's a playoff game. Washington wins that. They are in. Giants win it. They are likely in, but still have a little work to do. Basically, for the Giants, the magic number is nine. And that's what you have to look at. Where the Jets, it's much, much more difficult. Not to mention a challenging schedule where you looked at, I know, at Minnesota and at Buffalo is two tough games. And you know, obviously the Jets were in both, but lost both. And now with Mike White all banged up as he took an absolute beating on Sunday. But, I mean, right, as of now, they expect him to go out there. We'll get into that Wilson stuff and... Yeah, I don't think Wilson should be, as much as I like Zach Wilson, I do not think Zach Wilson should be dressing as the backup. It's funny, 
Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, everybody's telling me, oh, Zach Wilson sucks. Joe Flacco's much better. All of a sudden, you watch Joe Flacco throw a couple passes, and I was like, oh, no, Joe Flacco can't play. Get Wilson dressed and have him be the backup. No, I'm not ready for Zach Wilson yet. I don't think the Jets would benefit from having Zach Wilson dress on the sideline just yet. Right now, it's kind of... He's not dressed. He's It's out of the realm of possibility he's getting into a game, and that's the, the way it should be. Let Mike White go here and see what he could do this week against Detroit and hopefully try to protect him a little bit better than you did on Sunday. Anyway, Detroit is red hot and a team that is ascending and very dangerous. Jacksonville, again, a team that is ascending and playing some solid football. All of a sudden, they become dangerous. Instead of that, looking at that game like, oh, Thursday night, home game against the Jaguars, that's a win. And it's not. Now, could the Jets win those two games? Sure. At Seattle, could they win that game? Sure. At Miami, I mean, Miami all of a sudden doesn't look as good as they've looked. Every game the Jets have left is winnable, but it's not going to be easy. And for them... When you look at the landscape of the AFC, plus, you know, the Jets not having the tiebreaker over New England after getting swept by them in the season series, that's not going to help. But the Chargers, the Pats, I mean, the Jets are, eh, boy, they're up against it. Now, they could get in, of course. But they've got to start winning these games here. Really, no excuse. They lose to Detroit, and that's going to put... I mean, that's all going to bury the the Jets. Anyway, what started out as such a promising year is looking like it's going to end in disappointment. And even if the Giants make the playoffs, I mean, you know what's coming, Giant fans. You could think, oh, yeah, look what Eli did a couple years. The Giants, two of those incredible runs. Yeah. Different time, different team, different quarterback, totally different circumstances. This team doesn't have it. And while this team significantly overachieved the first portion of their season, they also were healthier. I mean, right now, they're not healthy at all. And the Giants just don't have anywhere near the depth to be able to overcome it. That's part of the problem as well. Now, look, Sunday night, As badly as the Giants got exposed and beaten on Sunday by the Eagles, who are just on another, I mean, they're in another stratosphere than where the Giants are at. You kind of knew that going in, but I thought, eh, maybe if Dable coaches his rear end off, maybe if the Giants could run the football. I'll say Quan Barkley clearly wasn't healthy. Giants couldn't do anything. They get behind early on, and they couldn't stop Philadelphia. And they were toast. But even with all that, Washington, while they are good, while they are dangerous, they are not Philadelphia. And the Giants will have a great chance to go down there and kind of right the ship to their season that has gone off the rails here. You know, Giants now, last win was against Houston back over a month ago or about exactly a month ago. And prior to that, you know, they beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville. The Giants have lost one, two, three, four. They have lost four of their last six, including, or they've won one of their last six. That would be the better way to put it with that tie over the span of seven weeks with the bye week in there. That is some bad football since a promising week seven where 
you know, we we looked at what this Giants team was able to do even after the bye week, barely beating Houston, you know, even in that win, they didn't look particularly good. But what they were doing, you know, after that Detroit, and, you know, Detroit turned out to be pretty solid, but we knew that that was going to be a big test for the Giants ahead of the even bigger test on Thanksgiving. And the Giants have been playing bad football for a long period of time now. And would it even be worth it to get into the postseason? I know you want to make the playoffs, that's fine. But you look at it, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of tweeners. If they get in, they're going to be the last team in. And they don't have enough talent to do any real damage in the postseason. That has now been proven. And they're going to miss out on getting a top pick. Not that you want to tank and play for top picks, but you get the story. You get the idea. The Giants could use as much talent as possible. So the overreaction to the first part of the year, the you know the hype with Dable and, and all that was going well, I still believe in Brian Dable, but the Giants have shown you they are years away from being a legitimate competitive football team, even in a week in NFC. And I think it's different with the Jets, even though the Giants might get in and the Jets might be on the outside looking in come playoff time. The Jets are there. Now, this is not a time for next year. It's a time for now. But when you watch Robert Sala on the sideline, and I read this word, and I forget, it was probably in the post or something like that, but I was thinking it watching along. And there's something about Sala, and we're still learning about Robert Sala and what he is as a coach. But there's one thing that is undeniable about Robert Sala on the sideline. That is his presence. He has a clear presence leading the way for the Jets. And I don't want to hear about the distraction afterward, talking about, oh, we'll see them again with Buffalo. Like That goes in one ear and out the other to me. That's He's a coach. What do you want him to say? He wants to believe in his team. He wants to give them some confidence. But if people could see through what they believe is messaging, you know, oh, Salah's deflecting from the fact that the Jets made mistakes and got beat. No, he's not. We all watched it. We saw them get beat. Salah's not fooling anybody. But he is pumping up his team and trying to get them to start believing in themselves again where I'm sure some of the confidence has been hurt after what's gone on the last couple weeks. Remember, too, the Jets have lost three of four now. So both these teams have played relevant, meaningful games in December. Both these teams have ultimately been disappointing in these relevant games in December. Matter of fact, Ofer. Between the both of them, they're Ofer in in, uh, December. Am I saying September? I meant December. Meaningful game. I'm thinking of the Mets. Meaningful games in December for both the Giants and the Jets. And they're over. And that's got to change, starting with this week. I didn't love the slate of games this weekend. I mean, we talked about it on Friday going in. It was a blah slate of games, and it kind of played out that way. Even some of the games where there might have been some intrigue didn't really, you know, the the Niners-Tampa Bay game, ugly Miami Chargers, eh, not a thrilling Sunday night game. Really nothing else. I mean, Tennessee got pummeled by Jacksonville. And their season has gone off the rails a little bit. Look, Tennessee's still going to win the division because everybody else thinks. As much as I love to see the Colts get back in the thick of things, and they could have. 
but they're not going to. Maybe Jacksonville could swipe that division from them. Who knows? Uh, But the Titans have been very disappointing now, a couple of weeks in a row. Cleveland and Cincinnati. Cleveland gave no effort. Deshaun Watson looks, you know, again, rusty. Dallas with a dreadful performance, even in a win. Detroit looked great against Minnesota. But look, none of these games, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, none of these games did anything for me. And Kansas City at Denver was one of the worst non-covers I've ever seen in my life. And yes, I had Kansas City. And I usually don't do that. I hate taking big favorites, especially on the road in the division. But I didn't see any way Denver was going to be able to score those points. And they did. Mahomes throws three picks. All of a sudden, Denver, even without Russell Wilson, they score a few touchdowns. I mean, give me a break. After getting down big in the game, that was atrocious. And then, of course, last night, you get Kyler Murray going down early in that game. And Belichick and the Patriots win yet again. And look, Belichick versus Cliff Kingsbury. That is that's one of the biggest mismatches you will see as New England gets a win to close out week 14 in the NFL. That does it for bye weeks. We now have Saturday games on the docket. As we get down to it, here are the final four weeks before what should be, what always is, a thrilling wild card round and divisional round. Now with the, you know, those are two, to me, best weekends in sports. Four weeks away, holiday time. You know, Thanksgiving is coming, gone. Christmas is now two weeks away. Getting the holiday spirit. These Saturday games, to me, feel like Christmas. Maybe because I remember the first time they started doing it. And, you know, it felt like maybe I was at a Christmas party or something. It just, you feel it in the air. Four weeks left. That's it. And we're going to find out what this year's version of the Jets and Giants are made of. Started out great. Closing out not so great. Will they be able to sneak in to the postseason in four weeks? 877-337-6666. Did, uh, did the Mets on anybody recently? <laughs> Stevie Cohen, I love you. And what are the Yankees doing? By the way, are they making an offer for Rodon? Are they going to get Rodon? Or what are we? I mean, what's going on here? Are they really interested in Correa? Is it not? Is it not a thing? Are the Yankees actually going to spend more money? Or is it just Judge and Rizzo? And that's about it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 877-337-6666. Before we get to your calls, you know, I touched on the baseball stuff when we last left you on Friday. I told you the Mets were going to get Kodai Senga. You know why I knew they were going to get Kodai Senga? Because Steve Cohen wanted Kodai Senga. That was obvious from the reporting that the Mets were 
interested in him. They wanted him, and guess what? They got him. Not only did they get him, they get him at five years, seventy-five million, which is a tremendous bargain. When you look at the contracts that Taiwan Walker got, Jamison Tyone got, even Chris Bassett. And I thought, by the way, Bassett wasn't a bad value in comparison to Walker or Tyon. I'd rather have Bassett than Walker and Tyon. I'd rather have Bassett for three for 62 or whatever he got than Walker or Tyone four for, you know, 70, roughly. And I didn't want Bassett back. Anyway, the Mets just continue to make power moves. Oh, what a time it is to be a Met fan. What a time. All these years of suffering. It has paid off in the biggest of ways with Steve Cohen. Now, the results may vary, but man, is this fun. As for the Yankees, it seems like a lot of rumors and rumblings and really not much action. Are they going to offer Rodon a contract? Is it going to be in the neighborhood of $200 million? And look, while I don't love the idea of committing $200 million to a guy who's been banged up, this is a move the Yankees have to make. They have needed a legitimate number two behind Garrett Cole in that rotation. Now, I'm not knocking Severino or Cortez, but you need a, you know, the Yankees need more of a known commodity behind Garrett Cole. And Carlos Rodon can take them up another notch. He elevates that team to me to, you know, a, a higher level where, and I still think the Yankees are one of the best teams, certainly on paper. I mean, look, even though they had a down year last year where the, where the second half of the season was was flat out, I mean, putrid, and the postseason wasn't anything to write home about. Barely beating Cleveland and then getting swept by the Astros, but still, they did get to the ALCS. It's not like the Yankees have miles to go. But they did need to improve their ball club. And I think one way to do that in the rotation is Carlos Rodon. And they need, you know, more offense. And then the reports about them interested in Correa, and then they're not. Are they going to make a big move, or are they not? Correa, to me, would be a great fit because of his postseason acumen. You know, where he fits on the field. Could you play him at third? Would you play him at short and then trade Peraza or Volpe? I'm not sure what the Yankees are going to do, but... They should be in a spot where they're trying to win the World Series like now, right now. And if they can afford to spend on Rodon and Correa, go do it. I have my doubts, though, about the Yankees actually being able to afford it or would they want to do it. Anyway, your calls on the Jets, Giants, Mets, Yanks, whatever's on your mind on this uh, Tuesday morning, 877-337-6666. Tommy is calling from Long Island. What's up, Tommy? Sal, good morning. How are you? Good, Tommy. How are you this morning? Oh, not too bad. No, I, I, I'm actually, uh, uh, when are you on SMY? Like, I saw you a couple of times. But I, I think they were kind of like reruns. When, when do you actually work on SMY? Well, I'm on every day, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. for Baseball Night in New York. And okay. then I'm on, usually I do the 11 o'clock show. We do a couple of hits in the 11 o'clock show. Um, I'm usually on there Monday through Thursday. Okay, yeah, because I saw you, you know, I switching back and forth and, you know, with all the uh, sports channels. So I, I kind of uh, saw you this. I wasn't sure exactly what was reruns and what was uh, well, we, good to know. Yeah, we do the live 11 o'clock show. It's, a, it's live at 11, unless, like, there's a late game or something. But usually it's live at 11 to 11.30 and there's re-airs all night and then tomorrow morning. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah. So a couple of things. So we'll start out with just, and I really don't want to spend any time on it, but, 
the Yankees, I think uh, I, I think Rondon is just waiting for uh, Hal Steinbrenner to call him from Italy because I don't <laughs> think it's going to. I don't. I don't think anything is going to happen with Cashman, you know. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what I think about that. And I, I just think you know, it, I still feel like it wasn't the pitching that killed them last year. I just thought that they didn't respond with their bats in the playoffs. I mean, they just completely died out. All of a sudden, they just didn't show up. And that's that's my feeling about that. Um, now, as far as football goes, this kid, White, when he got hit, I swear, I feel like his soul left his body. That's how hard he got hit. Yeah, he was getting pummeled. I, you felt oh, bad for God. him. He was getting like, absolutely pummeled. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, I, I, the only thing that I, the Lions are playing, I, I don't know what the hell happened with the Lions. All of a sudden, they Well, just, Jared Goff has been a beast. Yeah. I mean, they got great offensive weapons. They, they've been lighting the scoreboard up. I still don't trust them as a good team. I don't trust the coach, Campbell, you know, their defense I, in, in bad spots. But look, maybe, maybe they can, uh, I'd like to see them get in the postseason, I'll tell you that. Unbiasedly, I, I, I'd like to see them sneak in the postseason because they're fun to watch. Yeah, I, I just you know what let 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 the let the judge beat them first and then they could do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly but, right. But I think the Jets, you know, now that New England won last night, and I stayed up as long as I can to watch the game, and I just saw the final score this morning. But you know, oh, how many hours of sleep are you? What are you on? Like two hours sleep? Yeah, I, I my I, I start at three a.m. and I'm I'm you know I get off eleven thirty, and then of course I'm running the kids around. You know, I think I kind of live your life, except you know, not on sports channels. Good God! You but you yeah. go to you go to bed at eleven, eleven thirty, and you're up at yeah, two a.m. Yeah, you know what it is? I laid down. I watched the Rangers game last night, which was another. Oh, you know, baby, the game. Rangers are back, Tommy. Yeah. The Rangers yeah. are back. I hope so. Um, but yeah, I I I I watch the game, so that's kind of like, you know, I I want to know what's going on. I think that kind of kind of mm-hmm. keeps me awake, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I think the Jets, I think they got to run the table here, man. They can't, they, they, they're going to have to run the table because New England, I feel like, I think they're going to win one, at least one. What's their schedule like uh, for the next four weeks? Well, let me look at New England, and thank you for the call, Tommy, as always. Appreciate you checking in, and keep at it with that grind, man. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. New England... You know, now we get down to it. You're right. You start looking at the schedules here. At the Raiders, when is that? That is Sunday. Okay, I'm checking the – I got to look at the actual Saturday schedule. Um, at the Raiders on Sunday, home against the Bengals. Boy, they have a – New England's got a brutal schedule here. At Raiders, which, you know, maybe not going to be a picnic against McDaniels where you would think McDaniels knows Belichick like, you know, the back of his hand. They worked together so so closely for so long. Again, not that I would favor McDaniels. I have no idea. I haven't really given it much thought. But, I mean, that's not an easy game for New England, who's not the most talented team by any stretch. Going into Vegas, taking on the Raiders. Home against Cincinnati, difficult game. Home against Miami, challenging game. And then at Buffalo. I mean, they'd be lucky to go 2-2 two and two in that, right? And if New England goes two and two, that'll get them to nine, which means the Jets would have to get to, because you don't expect Miami falling off. The Jets are going to have to get to 10 wins to get in. 
Otherwise, they are not getting in. It's simple as that. And by the way, we're not even factoring in the Chargers, who also have seven wins. So the Jets are going to have to, I mean, run the table, great. Run the table, they will get in. The question is, will three of four get them in? And I think it probably will. Because you look at that schedule with New England, I do not think the Patriots are going to go three and one. I don't think they're winning three of those games. I think they go two and two, best case. That gets them to nine. That means if the Jets go three and one, home against Detroit, home against Jacksonville, at Seattle, at Miami. And look, I don't know if I'd necessarily say the Jets are going three and one, but if they do, they should get in. Ten should get you in. Who's got the tiebreaker with the Jets and Chargers? I guess we don't we won't know that yet until they did not play head to head. I guess we won't know that until you know the, the common opponents or whatever the tiebreaker is there finishes out. Which you still have four weeks to go, so I guess that could change at any moment depending on their schedule. Let me look at the Chargers schedule real quick. Because that could be the biggest threat, especially after looking at, you know, the problem with New England is not just, you know, their their record, but more so that they have the tiebreaker. The Chargers, who are coming off that win against Miami, they have home against Tennessee at Indianapolis, home against the Rams at Denver. See, the Chargers could run the table. That is a, that's a soft schedule. Chargers could run the table. Jets are going to be in trouble here. Chargers could run the table. Now, do you think Miami is going to come back down earth? I don't. I don't think Miami is going to fall that far. So I'm looking at it where you're looking for that last spot. But, I mean, I guess there's a chance that Miami could come back to the pack a little bit. You want me to check their schedule real quick? Okay, I guess I'll check it for you real quick. Uh, Miami at Buffalo, home against the Packers. That one's on Christmas Day. At Buffalo, Saturday night. Oh, baby, is that a big game. Now, my wife is going to kill me, but, I mean, that's a huge game. See, these Saturday games, they're ruining my life and my marriage. Yeah, on paper, it's great. Saturday night, my wife's birthday weekend, and, yes, it's a weekend. I've been told. Come on, she gives me Sunday. You can't you, you can't put the best game of the week on Saturday night. Anyway, Miami at Buffalo Saturday night. That will I mean, Miami loses that one. They could be in some trouble. And then the good thing for the Jets is that they at least control some of this as they finish out with Miami in Miami. But the Dolphins got at Buffalo, home against the Packers, at New England, home against the Jets. Hey, it's going to be a fascinating four weeks. I think that's all you could ask for. Linda is calling from Forest Hills. What's up, Linda? Good morning, Sal. How are you, Linda? Good. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good. Um, on the Mets, um, I've been doing some reading on some team blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to throw some. I want to throw some stats at you. Okay. That totally blew my mind. Okay. As far as this team needing, you know, a power bat, which we all know they do need. Um, so the team overall had 171 home runs overall. 
Okay. Team. Um, and only 18 of those came from the DH spot. That is putrid. Yeah, well, they got no, they, you know, we've been talking about it, Linda. They got no production from DH. They got barely any production until the final month of the year from third base. They got zero production from catcher. I mean, you know, they, they didn't get great production from left field either, but you look at third base, catcher, and DH, those were the soft spots. Now, I'm anticipating they get better production. Law of averages, Francisco Alvarez, Eduardo Escobar bounces back. At those positions, they should be a little bit better. But maybe Alonzo comes back down. Or, you know, who, who knows? Maybe he gets banged up a little bit and misses some time. So his numbers are down. Maybe Lindor actually misses some games this year. Exactly. Yeah, so it exactly. should, that's, they, still, that's, they still need another bat. I mean, I, I think they need one more bat to really complete and, the team. And another thing. From the DH spot alone, 183 strikeouts. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no, we know it's bad. But, but, hey, Daniel Vogelback is back. Oh, um, but, yeah, uh, you can't you can't have the bulk of the home runs coming from Alonzo and Lindor and expect to compete. I'm sorry. They need one more power bat, and I, I call it, you know, they need a five-hitter, whatever you want to say, power bat, five-hitter, protection for Alonzo, and thank you for the call, Linda. To me, if they get that bat, whether it is a catcher, DH, you know, left fielder, that completes the team going into the season. Now, things happen throughout the course of the season, whether it's injuries to a key player in that lineup, whether you need bullpen help. I would doubt the Mets need another starter. I hope they don't. I mean, they're about, what, eight or nine deep right now? So they should be fine as far as starters go, even if a guy or two misses some starts. They should be covered there. And the bullpen, you know, the Mets built the team the way that I generally would love to build a team. Bullpen from the back end in. Diaz, Rayleigh, Robertson. That triangle of those three really shouldn't matter who the other arms are in there. Now, obviously, you want some good arms that you could trust. You know, look, Drew Smith is going to be one of them. Maybe some other guys that they signed a minor league contract. They'll figure it out. They'll fill out the rest of the bullpen. But those guys shouldn't be the important guys. The important guys are the ones who are going to be in the biggest games and the biggest spots. And that's that triangle. The reliever triangle. They have it now. It's not just two, three sides you need. Once you have that, You've got your bullpen. So their rotation is loaded. Their bullpen is fine. And their lineup's not bad. It's just missing one more power bat. First four, very good. McNeil in the bottom half of that order, you know, sixth, excellent. Missing the five hitter. And then seven, eight, nine, you know, Canna, Escobar. You could live with that. Now, look, maybe Alvarez could be that five-hitter. Maybe not. They need one, though. Mike is calling from Denver, Colorado. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing, brother? How are you, Mike? Good. I'm doing well. Um, French played a New Yorker from the Bronx originally. Mm. um, And love my New York sports team. So I want to get into the Yankees real quick, and then I have a couple of things, if you don't mind. First of all, the Yankees. Pitching, pitching, pitching. 
I they got to get some starting pitching. Um, maybe another bat. But what do you what do you think as far as that? Well, I mean, I think they look. Do they have to get starting pitching? No. I mean, they were fine last year, and I do trust Severino, and I do like Cortez. Of course, who doesn't? But I sure. feel like I feel like it's one. See, if you look at the Yankees right now, there are, are a few areas where it seems likely that they're going to upgrade. And one of them where they could upgrade significantly to me would be Carlos Rodon as the number two starter behind Garrett It just elevates that rotation, takes them to another level. And I think that's Absolutely. one way. Yeah, that's one way they could have. They needed the number two. They went to trade for one last year. I said Castillo or a bust. They didn't get it. They ended up getting bust and Frankie Montas. They yep. need Carlos Rodon because he's the best available starter out there. Look, they could have went and got Verlander. They didn't. They they could have went. Good. And that's you know that's no I'm, not to cut you off, but that that's that's the thing about it. I mean, again, I'm a lifelong Yankee fan. I'm I'm pushing sixty right now, and I can tell you right now, Met fans, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of championships in your uh, in your future, as far as I'm concerned, because you have the richest absolute richest owner in the sport and that's just the way it works and he's a lifelong uh, Met fan and he's going to spend the money and obviously he is so well, but that doesn't guarantee anything it's exciting no, it now but the results yeah. have to be there the Mets haven't had that and the Yankees have spent in years past and not won the World Series like spending you know this it doesn't guarantee anything so it's, yeah, gr- it's great it's long overdue they're trying to put the best team possible out there. I think every Met fan's got to love and respect that. But until they win, I don't want to hear about that they're going to win or that they should win or could win. I want to see them actually win. It's great on paper, but it's got to pan out. And you know, and the Yankees have had their success. The Braves have had their success. The Dodgers and so on. The Mets have not. And they're, they're on their way, but they've got to get there first. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 um, I don't want to get into it, but I'm I'm kind of close with the uh, '86 Mets. I mean, I've hung out with uh, Strawberry and Tony, and you know, just for my job. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I don't hate the Mets. I love that team. Everybody in that team. Yeah. Now, real quick, if you don't mind, the Jets and the Giants. What's the odds of these of of, of our teams getting into the playoffs? Well, I mean, I don't know the specific odds, Mike. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, I haven't, um, as a matter of fact, I probably should know that because I think we did the uh, segment last night uh, as far as uh, the Jets and Giants getting into the playoffs and their odds. But I don't have these specific odds right in front of me, and I'm too tired and lazy to look it up. Knew this. Maybe Suss could find out the exact odds if they even have such a thing. Check Superbooks uh, Sports if you can, Suss, for the odds. But anyway, doesn't matter. The reality is, yeah, because that's like the win probability stuff, right? Hey, if you're up five runs in the ninth inning, your win probability is probably high. All of a sudden, you start to give up a few runs. It's going to go down. But the reality is that the Giants, if they win two games, they're likely in. If the Jets win three games, they're likely in. So all the Giants have to do is go two and two over the final four. Jets have to win three of four, and they'd be in. Now, is that likely to happen? I'm not so sure. I know people look at the Giants' schedule and say, well, they could beat Indianapolis and then maybe Philadelphia's resting players week 18. Maybe they beat Washington this weekend. Uh, If the Giants beat Washington, I really think whoever wins this game 
Sunday night is going to the postseason in the NFC, Washington or the Giants. But my whole thing with the Giants is there would have been a time where if they got in the postseason, you know, where you were looking back, you know, several weeks ago, excited about, oh, yeah, they're going to make the postseason, they could go on a run. Now, that time has come and gone. They may be able to make the postseason. They are not going on a run. And with the Jets, I think it's quite the opposite. They can get in and do damage because of that defense. And, you know, you'd assume Mike White is going to be quarterbacking, but you know what happens when you assume. You never know, but the Jets have the much more talented team between the two. The reason why I think they aren't getting in is because of the competition in the AFC. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the side. Jets, Giants, Mets, Yanks, whatever else you want to talk a little. Rangers, Rangers with a big win. They've been playing well after an early season scare. Patience has paid off as the Rangers look like they are back. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Giant fans have to be devastated about the way their team has performed. And the reason why I say they're devastated is because Giant fans always overvalue their football team. And I get that there was reason to do so many years ago when Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning went on two of the more improbable runs uh, I've ever seen. I mean, two of the more improbable runs in the history of the sport. However, that was then. And every year since then, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen again for the Giants. And it feels like every time there is even a little sense of, hey, this team might be okay, halfway decent. It's Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And it's so silly and funny to hear the Giant fans gush about their team when the reality is people who are not looking at it through true blue glasses realize the team is not that good. And it's not a knock on the Giants. It's the reality of the situation. The Giants themselves will let you know that. But my goodness, I mean, after week seven, it was Super Bowl bound, baby. And now after getting their clocks clean by the Eagles, I think it's tail between the legs, baby. Are they going to keep Saquon Barkley? Are they going to keep Daniel Jones? And we'll find out you know, what Joe Shane has in store for this Giants team moving forward. But for now, four weeks to go, try to finish it out and make a, you know, make, have a playoff game. Find themselves in the postseason. Get one of the playoff spots and go from there and, you know, just try to build this thing up. But any hope that the Giant fan had of their team going on a run, having some kind of miracle season, NFC championship game, or, come on, that has been squashed. Just like grape. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Sal Tradonis. What's up, Chris? Uncle Stevie. Oh, does it get any better? Sal, I told you Friday I will never question you again. And even after that, this guy still makes moves. I told you they were getting Kodai Senga. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually feeling more like we're getting Otani at some point. This year, next year, whatever. This guy, he's, he's, he's trying to win. He's spending the money. So I'm loving it right now, and uh, more moves to make, I guess. If but. if Otani 
hits the open market, which he is scheduled to be a free agent at the end of the year, if he hits the open market and is, yeah, I mean, put it this way. I don't know if he's coming to the Mets or not. If he hits the open market, no one will be outbid by the Mets. Back up the Brinks truck. He's going to. to Straight to his house. I say, how much do you want? Yeah. Um, Really quickly before I get to my Jets point. Um, Is football on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I mean, come on, dude. You believe that? You get the full slate on the 24th. Now, if if my wife sees football on TV on Christmas Eve, and even Christmas, but Christmas Eve, I'm going to 26. I'll be I'll be handed divorce papers. I'll be in court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is, it, it, she lets she lets me get away with Thanksgiving because she understands that's a tradition. She's cooking. She don't care. When that eight o'clock game hits, she looked at me like still football. Like yeah. she don't care about the twelve and the four. But if I got to tell her on yeah, it's football Christmas Eve Saturday night, and it's football no, uh, all day on it, Christmas Day. It, it's, it's a problem. Not, it's, 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 it's impossible. If I was you know 20 years old. You know, that's a different story here. But, you know, 40-year-old man here with a, with a kid, I can't sit here. The, you know, the divorce, divorce rates are high thanks to Roger Goodell and his league scheduling. Yeah, I'm I mean, say, no, no, you wrap the price. I, won't, I can't help anything. And how about I Saturday? Think about this. A week before Christmas, you have, you know, this weekend, Saturday the 17th, this is going to be a hectic weekend. People will be running out everywhere, yeah. you know, getting last-minute gifts and preparing and whatever yeah, it may be. Yeah, of course. Normally, I would get my tree this weekend. I actually got a little bit earlier, but matter of fact, I'm actually hanging out with Moose. Him and uh, I'm going with his family, my family and his family, Moose's. We're going to see this the Holiday Light Show at City Field on Saturday. Oh. I, I didn't even realize that there were games when we made those plans. <laughs> and now, although the first two games are irrelevant, right? Colts, Vikings, who cares? Ravens, Browns, who cares? But that Saturday night, Dolphins, Bills, that is an enormous game. I can't, yeah. I mean, come on. I, my, my wife, are you are you kidding me right now? Like, I, I'm always running around Christmas Eve. I have to do, I'm doing last-minute shopping to the, to the night. I, there's no way I'm, I can sit there and, and sit down and not do things for hours watching for I would love to. I can't do it. it it's just not possible. Christmas um, Eve, let me just go over the slate with you real quick here. I mean, we got some time. Nobody's going yeah. anywhere. Week 16, this is, let's see. Come on here. What's going on? Uh, week 16. So you get the Jets on Thursday night. So that's good because you got one less game to worry about on Christmas Eve. Uh, Falcons, Ravens, no chance. Lions, Panthers, no way. Bills, Bears, no thank you. Aints, Browns, no. Seahawks, Chiefs, nope. Giants, Vikings, 1 o'clock. So you have the local angle there. Bengals, Patriots, 1 o'clock. That's a good game too. Texans, Titans, no way. Commanders, 49ers at four. I mean, it's going to have intrigue there for the Giant fan. Eagles, Cowboys, that's a must-watch, and that's 425. See, that's the problem. What day is this? That's Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve Christmas Day. That's Christmas Eve. Oh, all those games? Yeah. No, no, it's impossible. Oh, no, it's a a full slate. It's a full slate. There's maybe two that I want to watch, but still, that's too, too many for Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, Packers, Dolphins at one, Broncos, Rams at 430, Buccaneers, Cardinals. On Christmas Day, you got one game that's worth anything. I mean, there's no chance anybody is locked in to Broncos, Rams, or Bucks, Cardinals, other than gambling or fantasy purposes, and even Packers, Dolphins. But at least the Packers, Dolphins has some kind of playoff implications with Miami. Everything else is irrelevant. They're not even great slated games. 
I thought it would be more games on Christmas Day and just a few like they, they do no. on uh, Thanksgiving. Like no, they moved it. They, they have a whole They moved the whole slate. Yeah, they moved the whole slate off of Christmas Day to Saturday, Christmas Eve. I don't know what they're doing. This is yeah. that's that's insane. Anyway. Um oh God. That makes me angry now. All right, let me get angry now. <laughs> um so keep let's have a conversation here before you I don't want to just don't let me ramble on and then mm. you respond because look, I, I I don't know I don't know where to start with the Jets. This is exactly the outcome I knew was gonna happen. You know, they sat Zach Wilson to bring Mike White in. I don't care who was quarterback in that game with the Bears, even Zach Wilson would have won that game. But I knew. If Mike White was going to have a good game, like I knew he was, they were going to keep it going. And when you see the team like 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 uh, the Bills, who are very good, defense is very good. All right, I know he made some attempts because he throws ten yards, but they they crushed the kid. The problem is he can't. He's not athletic. He can't move. Even when he tries to move, he could barely get out the way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, Chris. I mean, I I need to see. I don't know enough about Zach Wilson, and I think we're learning what Mike White is. I think Mike White has been solid. Yeah. I don't think that there's there has not been a reason to bench him. He's showing toughness. The team clearly loves him. They, the offense gives you confidence when you watch them. They have moved the football much more so than Zach Wilson, where it's holding your breath. You're hoping to get a first down, for goodness sake, and that doesn't happen nearly enough. So I, I still think it's Mike White's starting job to lose and probably I would think at least through the next couple of weeks seeing what happens depending on the result but I can't imagine them benching Mike White over the next two games over the next two yeah. weeks but that same thing is like how Daniel Jones I'm not gonna go to that but this guy's on year five and they say the same thing oh he's tough this is that and they're giving him five and they still say we don't know what we're what we're looking at with, with Daniel Jones now what happened with uh Mike White, who showed toughness, but it's, it's the same thing. He's tough. Uh, he's our quarterback. But with, with Zach Wilson, he hasn't even got a full a full season. And this is the only organization I have seen that le- lets fans and players dictate who your starting quarterback is. Uh, Bill Belichick is not allowing that. He's not going to bench. He 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 benched uh, uh, Mac Jones. I think he played both quarterbacks at one time because he wasn't doing that well. But that's still his quarterback. But he's not going to allow fans. And players now lock him to tell him uh, who their quarterback is, and basically to publicly disrespect. They want, let's talk about immaturity real quick, pal. We want to say this kid is immature for his comments. How immature it is for having uh, uh, players on that team mocking Zach Wilson by throwing a football on, on on social media, coming into the locker room with Mike F and white shirts on, on, on in the locker room, disrespecting this kid. Yeah, they hate Bill him. Bill no, is hate never him. going to allow that stuff. But, you know? but this is a this is a thing, Chris, and thank you for the call. As always, good to hear from you. This is a thing that the Jets organization created. They made this mess. And now they're the ones that got to figure out how to get out of it to salvage what they thought was their franchise quarterback. Now, maybe it's already gone. Maybe they think Wilson's a lost cause. I personally would not dress him. I know that's going to be the take or the the talk in the coming days about Wilson and should he be the backup, should he be in uniform on Sunday against Detroit just in case Mike White gets hurt. Why? If you didn't think Zach Wilson was ready to a point when you had to have him be inactive the last you know several weeks, then why now? Would you change to have Wilson be the backup? I, me personally, I would not. I would wait until 
I'm ready to have him start again. I don't think Wilson benefits by being on the bench in uniform. And the difference in Joe Flacco and and Zach Wilson in the event that Mike White gets hurt, it shouldn't be significant enough. And I know everybody's like, oh, did you see those couple throws you made against Buffalo? It sh- the, the difference between Flacco and Zach Wilson should not be significant enough to where it would be worth having Wilson awkwardly stand on the sideline active as a backup waiting for an opportunity to get in there. Zach Wilson's not your backup quarterback. He's either your starting quarterback or he's not going to be on the team. That's the way that it should be. Jets have handled this okay so far. You know, since making the switch to Mike White, if they start, if they dress Wilson, they're asking for trouble. As much as I want to see Wilson play, I'd love to see him get in there. I'd love to see him start one of these games. But I don't think right now is the time to do that. And Mike White, when you watch him, gives you all the confidence in the world. Is he great? No, he's Mike White. But at least you have confidence he'll get the ball out, hopefully get it in the hands of one of his tremendous playmakers, and let them do the work. Wilson has an impossible time getting the ball to a receiver. Or a playmaker. I don't think it's the right move for the Jets to have Wilson. There are so many different things happening here. With the timing of this. You know, where the Jets are ahead of their schedule. And their defense is ahead of where the quarterback is as far as development goes. And that creates this type of problem. Had the Jets not been any good this year, nobody would be saying anything about Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously those comments that he said were unacceptably bad, and he paid the price for it. But nobody would be saying anything as far as, oh, they got to bench Zach Wilson. He'd be saying you got to develop Zach Wilson in year two. Let's see what he's got. Team's not going anywhere. Develop a young quarterback. But because the team's going somewhere, potentially to the playoffs, then it becomes, you know what? We want to have the best guy out there. And right now, clearly, Zach Wilson isn't the best guy. And if White is hurt to a point where he can't play, then I go back to Zach Wilson. I get the feeling, though, with Mike White, yeah, I mean, he'd get out there in a wheelchair if he had to. If he couldn't walk, he'd find his way onto the football field to make sure he doesn't miss an opportunity to start at the NFL level. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.